Hello, I'm Kevin Cook, Director of Communications with the City of Lakeland, and welcome to May's installment of Access Live. We have an exciting show for you today. We have City Manager Tony Delgado, who will be joining us momentarily. We have Tom Woodrich with the City's Planning Department. We're going to talk about some surveys going forward and the 10-year comp plan. We also will have Bob Donahue, Director of Parks and Recreation, joining us to talk about the RFP proposal at Cleveland Heights Golf Course. Well, the City of Lakeland, we just finished up uh, one of our strategic planning retreats with the City Commission. At that planning retreat, we talked about a number of items going forward, and we listened to the City Commission and their wish list. Uh, it was quite extensive. Uh, we'll share just a little bit of that with you guys. We talked about the fire department. Um, they're proposing that we move station three. So that's one of the items that we talked about. Uh, we talked about long-term strategies and community policing. Come on in, Tony. We have city manager, Tony Elgato, who's joined us. Sorry, I'm late. That's okay. A busy man. Yeah, well, yeah. Get in a little closer. We're on television. After, Thank you. after all our strategic planning sessions. Strategery. It's strategery. It's gotten busier and busier. Yes, sir. Well, I was just kind of giving an overview of some of the things we discussed at the at the last retreat, including the uh, possibility and the proposal to relocate Station mm -hmm. 3 with the fire department. Do you want to go into that just a little bit? Yeah, you know, one of the things the commission had looked at, I think, over the last five or ten years was where should we build the new fire station? As part of that, it made sense to build the the multi-use station out at the airport. Right. Uh, it, it, it handled the airport's needs. It also handled the community needs, and it helped us with the RRI ISO rating. It did. Area. So now we're looking at the next station, right? Where the best opportunity is out there. Some people have said we should take a look at the Northeast, especially since Florida Poly is going to hopefully start developing some things. Others have said we've got to continue to take a look at the Southwest near the airport, at least on the other side of the airport, heading south. Right. What the fire department, though, was able to do through recognizing some specific data was that we have a station or two stations right now that are carrying the bulk of the load. Yes. They are making the most runs right now in the city. Uh, their locations have been there for years, and based upon what they've been able to see from those runs is if we moved a station uh, to a new location, that would help facilitate uh, reducing some of the runs for those stations help create the opportunity to reach out into the south, uh, to the northeast community. Yep. Would it make more sense to move the station and just redistribute the runs throughout the community? And it seems the numbers seem to work. Right. So for the audience out there, uh, Station Three is on North Florida Avenue near the uh, Jackson Branch Library, uh, and that station carries a bulk of the load, mainly because of all the uh, traffic along yeah. I-4, but that station has long runs to uh, our, our northern communities, yes. and they, when I say they, I mean the, the fire department's proposed moving that station north of I-4 um, and uh, sharing uh, the, 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 I guess, south of I-4 with another station. Yeah. And it makes, after you look at their data, it makes sense. Yeah, territorially, we have stations there that can pick up the load. They can keep the the run time to under five minutes. Yep. 
which is very, very important, uh, not just from a safety perspective, but also from an ISO rating perspective and certifying for the ISO. So uh, they'll spend the next year evaluating that. Um, the Northeast community, as we've talked about, is really the area where Florida Poly currently right. sits today. They're in all those, that, those empty parcels that will be developed as part of the campus as well as uh, anything else that might service that community. So Emma asked where's the Northeast community so if you look at the city limits of course you have north and south east and west but as Tony uh, city manager Delgado stated the Northeast quadrant is really that Florida Poly uh, area that's within the city limits. Yeah taking University Parkway yep. going out in that area um, that's all that there's a lot of land there that's prime for development and we don't want to be behind and slated for growth. Yeah, and we don't want to be behind the eight ball. No. When the development happens, we don't have something out there to service them. So Tony, you've been in city government for a long time, mm -hmm. and we just like as I shared with the audience as, as you were on your way down, that we just finished up a strategic planning retreat with the city commission's wish list, yeah, things of that nature. Uh, from from that day, uh, which took place last week, what do you? If you just needed to give a quick takeaway to our audience, what would you say uh, the takeaways are going forward as we prepare for the fiscal 2020 budget year? Well, obviously there, there's some. some we, we mentioned the fire station. Yeah, the fire station, but I think the keys that we took away was the fact that this commission is very, very interested in development and economic development. They're interested in kickstarting that opportunity because we talked about, and I, I, a lot of people call them incentives, I'll call them investments. Yeah. We talked about a lot of investment opportunities, setting aside dollars so that we can help kickstart private development. You know, our catalyst plan, which you've talked about on a couple shows yes, already, um, setting aside two and a half million dollars initially as a kickstart and looking at the long term needs from a revenue perspective. Which will mean in future years, it's quite possible we'll be talking about things such as an ad valorem tax or an MSTU, or uh, which is a, some a, funding mechanism, yeah, which is a municipal assessment, right? Those type of things in order to continue building on that investment. We talked about a half a million dollars set aside as a line item for the first time for specific investment related to um, manufacturing, middle size businesses as well as small businesses that's something we've never talked about right. before or we've talked about it but primarily in the community redevelopment areas yeah. not city not on a city-wide basis so that that's important that's something we haven't talked about uh, before uh, the Commission wants us to take a look at the possibility of building a garage on the police station lot which is directly behind the police station adjacent to the the residential project that's going to be taking place over right. the next year and they want us to go out and start doing the legwork in order to see if that could be developed with a public-private partnership or even just solely a private partnership. That hasn't been discussed before. So I think what we're seeing is an energy to start looking at economic development and doing what we need to do in order to get people interested in taking that next step. Okay. So that's one. Uh, maintaining, maintaining the fiscal stability of the city. Uh, we have a 45 to 60 days cash on hand policy. Yep. Uh, some people call it a rainy day fund. It really is. God forbid we have, have an emergency that we have to take, take care of or a recession 
another recession right. come in where uh, we don't want to impact services, we want to maintain the services even during that recession period. So they continue to look at that. They want us to be diligent in, in, in maintaining it, but they also want us to be smart about expending dollars so that we can kind of stay within that window and not hurt service. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's another area. And then quality of life. We talked about the arts. Um, we talked about next steps in trying to uh, work and mitigate some of the impacts of the homeless you know, community within the city. Right. We talked about building affordable housing and trying to meet some goals over the next five years in order to work with private development to create affordable housing for that next step for those folks who, who today can't afford it. Well, that's an issue throughout the United States of America right now is workforce housing, affordable housing. Uh, it's getting to a point where the workforce can't afford a place to live. Mm -hmm. um, and many communities, uh, especially here in Florida, the, the workforce lives outside of the municipality or sure. the jurisdiction and uses mass transit to come in and um, that creates issues. Yeah. And so if we're trying to go ahead and take a look at opportunities to go ahead and, and facilitate that, it's going to need us making the first step so private development can help. So we have Nancy who asked about a, a roundabout on Sloan and how about put that money into George Jenkins Wabash get publics to contribute what we want to clean up. Well the roundabout is definitely being yes. discussed. Yes. Matter of fact we're already starting to do the plans and the, and the engineering design for the roundabout. Right. We've been lucky enough to have some opportunities to work with uh, regulatory agencies in order to have them contribute. And FDOT is very interested, yes. So once we kind of get that area, the five corner area fixed so it's uh, less dangerous, yep. then we can start taking a look at George Jenkins and, and those type of things. And, and getting any private company to contribute, um, I think they're out there. I think Publix has been great philanthropists they are. And, and, and they've helped us out in so many ways in moving a lot of our city issues along, um, but getting private companies to, to come in and, and start uh, contributing additional dollars and to do that, we need to have the plan, and we don't have that plan today. you gotta, you got to be able to show what we're aiming to do. Yeah, and I think the future as well, you're going to see when Bonnet Springs Park comes online, you're going to start to see that area definitely improve yeah yeah I think so too but we got to start somewhere you do and that's why having the catalyst plan looking for revenues in order to kickstart that being able to use some investment income to help small middle and manufacturing businesses come into our community people making a good wage and then ultimately having the housing there so when I do make a decent wage I can afford a house in the community that I'm working in that's all I think the game plan as we move into next fiscal year. So right now, share with our audience, we just finished our business planning retreat mm -hmm. and what's what are, what are the next steps as we prepare the budget? Well, the commission's kind of given us some marching orders. They have. They, 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 they told <laughs> us where they'd like to see us concentrate on. So over the next two months, we'll be working with each individual staff, uh, each departmental staff. Uh, trying to see how we can fit those marching orders into the day-to-day -day operations that we have to continue to maintain. Got to continue to fix potholes, got to make sure the pipes are running yep. water, got to do make sure the police are on the street. So we have to do that and take some of these initiatives and try to plug them in departmentally. We'll do that over the next couple of months. We'll meet with the commission again in July to kind of give them a final draft per se of the budget 
if uh, if we're on, if we're on board and only with some minor tweaks, we'll do that through the month of month of August and then September we'll have two public hearings to finalize the fiscal year 2020 budget and on October 1st we're into the new fiscal year. So audience out there, the city of Lakeland runs a fiscal year budget that starts in October. So October 1 is the beginning of the new fiscal year. Yep. And so at that point in time we'll uh, we'll we'll move forward and uh, hopefully uh, we've met the needs of not only our commission but our community too. Well, Tony, thank you for being thank here. We're going to bring Tom Woodrich in, and we're going to talk Tom's about. a good guy. He is. <laughs> we're going to talk about planning and the comp plan. Tom, come on in. <laughs> Kevin, while he's coming in, we we do have. I uh, want to let you know we have a video on that roundabout. If you want to talk about that or bring it up, we can email it to you. Okay. So, did you put that in the notes? Yes. So, uh, was that Emma? that talked about the roundabout? Nancy. Nancy. I apologize. Nancy, you asked about the round, roundabout on Sloan. If you look at our on our show notes, we have a an interview and a video uh, regarding that roundabout that you can peruse and get more information on it. Well, we have Tom Woodrich here from our Community and Economic Development Department, and Tom is a planner. We are going to talk a little bit about the comp plan. As you can see on the board behind me, the Look Forward Lakeland, and you can take the survey. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about these items. So, what is Look Forward Lakeland, Tom? We created Look Forward And we do have some graphics behind us. Yes, as well. we do. We created Look Forward Lakeland to get people to think about their community and to look towards the future. A lot of times, when you talk about the comprehensive plan and almost 800 page document like this. It's, heavy. it's big there's a lot of words in there and yes. a lot of technical information it can discourage people so we wanted to phrase look forward Lakeland where are we going with our future Lakeland what are we, how are we going to grow how is our city going to develop and continue to grow and the survey that we have right now is very colorful very attractive so I got my purple on nice you know popping yeah you know, the purple over here um, but it's it's a survey to gather the input of the citizens and residents and business people all throughout the community to get their input on how we should grow in Lakeland. So audience, you can find that by going to www.lakelandgov slash forward. No, look, look forward. forward. Or you can also just find it if you go to our homepage, just a quick link there. But once again, it's lakelandgov.net slash look forward. Um, you can see the survey here. It's pretty easy. I was just going to open it up for you real quickly. Um, and Tom, what's the, what's the the goal, what do you want to achieve with individuals taking the survey as we prepare for the, the new 10 years of the right, comp plan? Right. We have um, a lot of information, as I mentioned, the documents, so we try to make it simple for people to provide feedback. We've got six different topic categories, which really some of them are two categories that are similar in one. The idea was to have a very quick survey five to seven minutes you could fly through it or if you want to spend a longer amount of time and really give a lot of comments and feedback it does allow for you to do that as well so quick or slow however you are wanting to give us impact we'll take it all uh, the input that we want is on um, like I said if you go to the, the website um, and in the top right hand corner of our lakelandgov.net you can just type in comp plan it'll get you to the page uh, and then it pops you to this so so we're asking individuals to identify priorities 
tell us your preferences and also there's a map it feature that you can actually show us where you think change is needed correct right. yeah it lets you to drop pins I want uh, there's a transit or there's a park or something you want to put and you can actually put it on, on a sidewalk the... here yeah exactly <laughs> we should take them there and show them that's a really nice feature the rest of them are questions that gives us an introduction says hey what are your top priorities tell us your top three for example of all these priorities uh, throughout the community, you slide three to above the line on the left. Just pick th any three, slide them up there. There's one, and there's culture and history two, and pick a third one, drag across three. And it gives a short description each way through. Uh, every time you click on something, it gives a picture and a description as to what we're talking about. And then your next task, exactly, it brings it on through. Give us some more information about the things that you like, and it gives uh, you a chance to rank them just as you would in Google with uh, the number of, or Amazon if you would. Uh, with the number of stars, the number of bars, uh, the higher you rank it, the more stars you give it, etc. And you can comment on each of them. Cool. And then move on to the map it feature if you want. And um, you can give us some feedback on specifically your community. And um, yeah. So let's take it to the yeah, map. Take it to the map. Tells you, hey, drop these pins on there anywhere on the map. We have some Zoom uh, locations that will drop it to downtown outlined in yellow. Or if you're in the southwest, you can take it to that quadrant. Those are each outlined in red. But essentially, it's just like on Google Maps. You scroll with your mouse or zoom in, zoom out. Very simple. You can go all the way to your house uh, by zooming in and say, I want a bus you know, stop here, or I want to put uh, a sidewalk over there, or a park would be nice to have over here, or well, we have some traffic challenges here. We have all those type of tabs. And in fact, the other one up there on the right is uh, other. You can name one that you're missing. So we have a question from Emma. Can you ping where you would like? a bus route well we do have bus so you can mark an area where you think uh, transit should be involved and you can put that in your note right or let's say the bus does go by there but it doesn't go often enough or there's no shelter now we are not the transit agency of course but we right. can coordinate with them and the conference of plan coordinates with many different agencies planners get everybody together we're kind of like the hub and get all the spokes so the wheel right. works so we're going to try and get as much information on all these different topics and we will coordinate with others to put the policies in place to get us there over the next 10 years. So why is it important for citizen feedback when putting together a comp plan? Well, it's important <laughs> if you want to go as deep as you know, we are a country that believes in democracy right. and right. local public and involvement. Uh, but more than that, even state law requires you know that public participation. That's kind of a trickle down. Good. And then locally, if we want the best community that we can be, we want it to be a community that is of the people, by the people, right? And you want input from your citizens. We want input from right. the people. So Good. that's our our main thing in community development is to reach out, make people have their voices heard, their concerns known, and then try to implement the best we can the things we are. We may not be able to get everyone's specific item addressed in the exact way they want it because somebody else might have another opinion. So we take those opinions, we put them together, and we try to make the best solution for all. So a comp plan is a 10-year plan, and we, we're finishing up with our, or in the midst of our 2010 to 2020. We're preparing the 2020 to 2030 comp plan. And for the audience out there, now I've been in city government a long time, so I understand, but tell them why 10 years? Why not a five-year comp plan? What's the reason of the 10-year spatial there with a comp plan? I think the 10-year mark lets you to set a little bit longer-term 
goals uh, so you don't get so tangled up in details that you become a little lost in the now. Um, five year, there is a five year update that we do, and we do keep the updates in the conference plan every year. The city adopts its budget, and we decide how we're going to spend our money. And we do update certain policies in the conference plan to say, here's how we're going to make those little changes. So it is constantly being changed little by little, uh, whether it's through policy decisions on how we spend the money, policy decisions on how we should grow, um, or map changes. Yep. I want to change the property from office to business park or residential uh, low density to higher residential density. So we do those kinds of changes in the comprehensive plan over the 10 year period, but we try to put a goal in place, policies in place that really give us the backbone, if you will, on how we know where to grow. You have those basic rules and requirements in place to say, when we go to make a decision, is that consistent with our 10 year vision? If you make it a one-year plan or a five-year plan, it almost seems a little too easy to keep changing and tweaking, and everybody says, well, what's where are we going? What's the idea? So, so Emma says, I live off South Frontage, and the closest bus route is over the bridge for I-4, but I can't walk that far. So, Emma, this is a great opportunity. We ask you to go to lakelygov.net slash look forward, take the survey, and mark that, pin that, and let us know. And we can certainly share that as we're putting together comp plan and as we continue to discuss with our mass transit partner, the Citrus Connection. So that's great feedback and thank you for letting us know. So that's a great segue. How long will the survey be open? We're going to have it open through at least the end of June. And depending, the great thing about this survey software is that we're analyzing data. So every time you submit something public, fellow citizens, <laughs> fellow Lakelanders, uh, every time you submit something, we're very grateful. It gets recorded, and we see how much participation we're still getting. If it gets to a flat line and it drops off where we said, I already did my survey, we'll see that. And then we might you know, say, well, it's time to pull up. Well, we're going to hold it to the, at least the end of June. But if we're still hot into early July, we'll, we'll hold it open. Good. So once again, we ask that you go take the survey and let us know how you would like to see your community develop over the next 10 years. Yeah. And tell us how do we go take the survey again, Tom? You can go to lakelandgov.net and at the top right hand corner there is a box where all websites have a search box. Just type in comp plan and you'll see look for Lakeland will be I think the first or second response. Yep. We've created the pages in Spanish and English. We have about 13% of our population according to the uh, 2017 American Community Survey from the census uh, showing that we're about 13% uh, Hispanic origin and about 11% speaking Spanish. That's a pretty decent amount of 107,000 person community. That's yeah. 10, 11,000 people. We're talking about maybe more, no, 10 to 15,000 people who are going to be interested probably in having that uh, discussion in Spanish. So we've got that all translated out. So we're also let, letting you know that while the survey is open, you can find an uh, easy slider banner at on lakelandgov.net and you can just click that it'll take you right to the survey page as well any closing thoughts for our audience Tom just you know we've got a chance to comment and give us everything you've got remember that when you give us something on a specific to transit we work and take that information and we're gonna try to put sidewalks in a particular area so people can walk better to a stop that might be nearby um, you know people might have concerns about flooding parks uh, roads, all those sorts of comments are fantastic. We'd love to have as much input as possible, and we're going to take it, put it all together, analyze it, talk to other departments throughout the city and region, and uh, come up with some policy suggestions that will be discussed in front of the city commission. So everything going forward here is public. 
we're gathering your feedback now. We're going to be taking everything forward in the sunshine and under discussions. So keep look your eyes, uh, keep looking in this direction. Keep your eyes on this process. Stay involved. Well, Emma says awesome. Lakeland is growing. Thank you, Emma. Again, once again, we want your feedback. We want to hear from you. Your information is valuable, and will we go to it will go to good use as we prepare for Lakeland's future. Once again, you can go to LakelandGov.net, and you can find a slider on the homepage, or if you want to search in the in the toolbar, you can you can do that, and you can find a survey quite easily. Tell your neighbors, your friends, and your family if they live in the city limits as well to, to please take the survey. Thanks again, Tom, right, and we're going to bring Bob Donahue, Director right. of Parks and Recreation, in. I brought Mike Ross with me so I can All introduce right. him today. Well, come on in. Have a seat. This is television, so get close. All right. All the way around. Come on, Mike. So, so I have... Between me and Mike, you guys got a wide-angle lens. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Bob Donahue, Director of Parks and Recreation. And Bob, that's quite a colorful shirt you have there. Well, thank you very much. Whatever. It's summertime. It looks good. And then we have Mike Maratz, and you want to introduce Mike as what now? Mike is our new superintendent of recreation, and we're very excited about his 18-year career with the city. We look for great things from Mike. He does uh, a lot of work in the community, and we think he's going to do a great job. Congratulations, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, I've sir. known Mike a long time. Yes. He is one of our liaisons and helpful employees at Kelly Recreation Complex. So where will you be housed now, Mike? I'll be housed in the Gilmore building up by Tigertown by the stadium. Okay, when is that move? Is it effective immediately? Uh, no, I'm working at Kelly Rec to get help camp get started through the summer and then I'll be moving over there middle summer. Today. All right, so who's going to be our new contact person at Kelly Rec? Um, Are you ready to share we're, that we're, yet? Not yet, not yet. <laughs> but now, yeah, we're Mike's doing interviews, I believe, next week. Okay. And, uh, we're just saying internal, of course, and we have some really good candidates, so I think uh, the, uh, the candidates that I'm looking at the pool, is good. they're excellent employees, so we're good. excited. So our Parks and Rec Department does a fantastic job, and this is a great segue as we talk about Cleveland Heights Golf Course. Cleveland Heights Golf Course is part of our Parks Division. It's a beautiful piece of property. You got a 20,000 foot square foot clubhouse. Yes, we do. Uh, that overlooks the golf course, and really the facility sells itself for special events, but Bob's here to talk a little bit about we're looking for a new food and beverage partner. Well, as Kevin said, we have uh, Cleveland Heights Golf Course has got the long history of Lakeland dating back to their early 20s. It's 250, 260 acres. It's a gorgeous piece of property right there in the, in the really nice part of town of Lakeland. And we're, uh, we're really trying to maximize it. We've added three parks trail to it a few years back. We've also added a dog park yes, to we it. Have. So we're making it more park-like, not just golf-oriented. And at the same time, we're looking for a new food vendor. Um, I've been working with our purchasing department, and we've come up with some interesting ideas. Is that, well, with the, with, being a food vendor at Cleveland Heights is not an easy job because you have the golf tournaments, you have the banquets, and then you also have the everyday lunch crowd, uh, the, the average golfers or people just from the area that come in to have lunch. So it's actually like a three-headed monster underneath one one roof. So we're trying to break it up, and we're really kind of considering when we put out this next RFP, we want to do something outside the box with Cleveland Heights. If you're a golf tournament, and we do a lot with golf tournaments with 501c3s raising money, uh, you know, Lakeland High School, Kevin, yep. you're really involved there, and you know this. So we're trying to look at right now, look at, take a step back and look at it and say, wait a minute, if you don't want to bid on the whole ball of wax, maybe we just bid out the restaurant and bar, because we own the liquor license, we, they will have the bar owner would transfer it in his name and take care of that piece. 
than if Lakeland High School, for instance, I'll use them as an example, and if they want to have a golf tournament, then you will allow you to well, bring your own food and serve it from your cafeteria. Or if you have a favorite vendor that will give you the food for your golfers, that saves you 10 to $12 per golfer. Yes, it does. That puts more money in the 501 pocket. Yes. And let's say you want to have a wedding one day with one of your sons maybe down the road get married. Uh-huh. Or way down the road get married. <laughs> well, let's say that happens. So what we're looking at, too, is running more like Lake Mirror. You come in and rent the space from yep. us. You have to pay an hourly charge, just like Lake Mayor, yep. and then we have a full-service kitchen that your vendor will be able to use. I so like it. We'll run that. So it actually it'd be more affordable for the user. More 501c3s can make money for their charities. Yep. And at the same time, if you want to have, and then I'll say just spit out the smaller part that a smaller restaurant person could offer uh, for them, and then at the same time, say, and you won't have to have any capital really to put up to get into it because we own all the beer taps, we own the bar, we own the liquor license, and we own all the tables and chairs and all the TVs. Turnkey. So if you're looking for a, if you're that, that restaurant person that's always wanted, to, if you're thinking about moving to another location, maybe for a better rent, or you're thinking about, uh, if you're that guy that's always been the head chef, that's never always wanted to own his own place, we're your spot. I gorgeous, like it. Gorgeous piece of town and the whole, like I say, the whole nine yards. We're wide open to any proposal that's going to walk through the door. So those that are interested, you're having a meeting yes. at Cleveland Heights next Friday. Yes, what is that? Friday the 17th at 1030 yes. at Cleveland Heights Golf Course. If you're interested, come in. You can look at the facility. You can look at the equipment that's in the yep. kitchen. You can look at the equipment that's in the bar or restaurant area. And you can talk to people like Bob Donahan, our purchasing department, to get an idea of, of what's available and what opportunities are there as you put together your RFP. Right. And then like I say, we're trying to take a step back and look at it. What's what's the best for if we're making Cleveland Heights more into a park, which we've made two major steps to do that. Well, how about the rest of the facility? Why can't it be like the other facilities that we run in the recreation division to do the same thing at the same time, have a small restaurant? there and then also with a liquor license so that if you need liquor or beer or whatever they they can be able to handle that for you but at the same time you'll save money on your food costs by being able to piecemeal it this way which we think is a great fit yeah really good when are you gonna make that decision uh, i think the rps close at the end of may yeah right right, right. Okay. so we're, we're gonna make that decision but we're hoping to get a lot of people come in because i think the, the thing about being all of all in one all three segments of the operation is just, I mean, if you're not there 24-7, nobody wants to work 24-7. I mean, whatever. It's really tough to handle. Yes. So just say, we think it's going to be optimally better for the users, and that's what we're concerned with. Well, good. I like it. Kind of surprised that we thought of that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. Outside the box thinking. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so Cleveland Heights, it's a 27-hole golf course. It's, yes. it's owned by the city of Lakeland. It's part of the parks department. Looking for a new food vendor. And as you heard from Bob Donahay, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, I, well, like I say there's a lot of opportunities and whatever. And just remember, Cleveland Heights did over 60,000, 64,000 rounds in 2000. Close to 65,000. Right. And so yeah. you're getting a lot of traffic. A lot of people come through there at the same time. And like I say, it's in a, it's in a really good part of town in South Lakeland. And so it, with a gorgeous view, and the property is gorgeous. It is. And so it's got so many benefits for you. Wanna, I want a microbrewery there. Kevin Cook, you're doing the drop program, and we have an opportunity for you. Hey, Bob, before you go, what do you think of clay tennis courts? Uh, 
No. <laughs> yeah. No, whatever. Go ahead, whatever. Yeah. One of the, and that was an inside joke yes. to Bob Donahue. So we, during the city commission retreat, we got asked to look at clay tennis courts, and I had no idea. And this is an eye-opener for the audience as well. And clay tennis courts are, I guess, easier on the joints as we get older. However, they utilize an incredibly large amounts of water. Um, you got to keep those clay courts moist. And what yeah. does a clay court typically? Well, utilize? clay court, you have you have two types of irrigation system. One feeds from the bottom up. Right. right? You have to use uh, up to 70, 750 gallons of water a day for that. Whatever. If you for one quart. Above, for one quart, and then above is fifteen hundred gallons of water per day. Whatever. And then along with the labor intensive part of it of having clay courts, you know, constantly rolling them. And uh, so Emma says she loves the gardens. Well, thank you very much. And Jeff, one day I'll learn to golf. Jeff, I used to be an avid golfer, and it's it's a fun game. The issue with me, it became, it's you guys got to dedicate three and a half to four hours each time you play. And as you get better, you practice a lot, practice, practice, practice. And I became obsessed with it. And then finally, I just had to. I had to let it go for well, a while. <laughs> that, those are really two good comments yes. because whatever brings to light also something people don't realize. In the last six years, uh, as we redid the greens, tea boxes, bunkers, trees, on all 27 holes, and we just completed a new irrigation system for Cleveland Heights that's going to ensure us to be bulletproof in case of any drought or anything that we've had in the past, which the greens and tea boxes will continually get better now. Yeah. Uh, we've installed over 1,100 new irrigation heads. That's a big irrigation system. Yes, it is. And so, wherever Cleveland High School can consistently get better. So, if you're that restaurant person or the person that comes to those doors, we want you to know that we, the city has made a, a major investment in the Heights to make this as good as any park that we have. So, before you close, once again, if you're interested in running a restaurant and bar at Cleveland Heights Golf Course, there will be a pre-bid meeting on Friday, May 17th at 10.30 a.m., at Cleveland Heights. You can look at the facility, you can ask questions um, as you prepare yourself for the RFP. We'll also put that out uh, on our, the city's webpage and the news blog. So we will advertise that and get that promoted as well. But we're looking to partner with you. If you have any questions, uh, call me on my cell phone. Everybody else does, so I don't mind. <laughs> whatever. So, no, I'm serious. We'll, we'll, put, that, we'll put that Anybody, in the notes. If you have a question, please do. You know, whatever. Give me a call and I'll be glad to explain and talk to you. and. If you have any questions or if you want to preview the building before uh, the RFP, we're, we'll be glad to set that up for you. So easy to work with. How about that? What, what a partner. Before we go, Mike Marotz, congratulations Thank on you your new much. position. Well deserved. Thank well you, deserved. You. And Bob Donahue, it's always a, it's always pleasure. a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you for all you do. Now we're going to bring up Liz Holiday, who is going to talk a little bit about some of the things going on in the city and some of the news items that we post on social media. Liz, how are you today? Sorry, Thank you very much. My name is Tetris over there. Yes. With all the shares. Yes. So Liz, what's going on? Okay, so we have a little teaser for next month. Yes, we do. And our guest next month is going to be Elise Strumgo from the CRA. So CRA for you people out there, it's Community Redevelopment Agency. So there was an official groundbreaking last Thursday for what's called the Yard on Mass, and it's a really cool new um, project that the CRA is doing. It's going to kind of be um, complementary to Mass Market and um, House 820 and Artifact. So just join us next month, and Elise will tell us 
all about that. And just a little teaser, it's just going to be another food and craft beer type establishment that we're all going to love. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yes. Just reading a little summary of it. So really our cool. Florida Outdoor Sculpture Competition, mm -hmm. hi, what's going on there? Okay, so if you haven't gone to the Lemon Street Promenade, um, you need to. And you need to choose your favorite sculpture. If you can't get down there this week, go to, in our Facebook page, it's a pinned post. Um, and it's all of the sculptures for this year's competition. We're doing a People's Choice Award and voting ends Friday. All you have to do is vote for your favorite one by liking just one of the sculptures in that album. So you like the picture. You don't like the initial post. You go to the particular piece of art that you like and you like that picture. And you can find us on all our social media platforms by searching at Lakeland Gov. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just definitely do that before Friday because we want these artists to be and they're compensated for people's choice too, yes, so it's yes. they get they get a check. So please participate. Yes, please participate, and you can learn about the artists at lakelandgov.net/flosk f l o s c as well. Let's see. Oh, the take the survey. Yes, the <laughs> like he said, uh, like Tom said, the Look Forward Lakeland survey. It's easy to find on um, lakelandgov.net on the homepage um, or lakelandgov.net/lookforward. But go ahead and. Take that survey also on the home page. Um, I don't know if you can see this, but the City of Lakeland annual drinking water quality report is out for the 2018 year. And um, you can also find it in this month's Access Lakeland newsletter. So the water quality report is for all um, water utility customers. So if you live in the, if you're not a City of Lakeland water utility, water utility customer um, and you get this in your access uh, and you, you're, you're not a customer then it's not for you but if you are a water utility customer please take a look at it and the other thing is we always have job openings and you can find them easily by going to the city's homepage, and you can click on job opportunities but what's in the what's new so right now there are 22 job openings in the city so there in the last week or so, four have been added. There's a college intern for Lakeland Electric. There is a computer application specialist, an engineer for system protection, and an office support specialist position. Those are our newest positions um, in our job section. But like I said, 22 open jobs. It's lakelandgov.net slash jobs. It's also our first icon on the Lakeland Gov homepage. Cool. So definitely um, explore those. So if you're looking for a job are you currently unhappy in your current position please visit lakelandgov.net and look at job opportunities lakeland's a great place to work yeah and like with mike marats here he just got promoted internally that's awesome there's been 12 internal promotions from um, all over all of our departments in the last month alone sweet so it's an awesome place to work it is so events Mm -hmm. Events. Okay, today, today at 5.30 at the Polk Theater, there is uh, the 2019 Preservation Awards for Historic Preservation. So if you're into historic preservation, um, some of our community and economic development people will be there, and it sounds like it's pretty cool if you're into history. Yep, yep. Um, also today at 6, there's a public meeting with community and economic development for Lakeland housing programs. and what um, what those are going to look like in the next year. And we're talking about affordable and workforce housing that we touched based on just a little while earlier with Tom. And then we have the Fallen Heroes 5K, correct? Mm -hmm. 5K. When's that? 
uh, May 18th at the Lakeland Family YMCA, and our police department is um, part of that. And yes, they are. They would love for you to come. So that race is actually on Three Parks Trail. If you haven't been there, you need to. And that actually cuts through part of the golf course, and it's, it's a beautiful piece of property, and it's a wonderful trail. We have the Holly Jolly Jingle Bell Jog there, and of course, mm -hmm. our Fallen Heroes Memorial 5K in honor of those who serve us that have died while serving in, in public safety. And the 23rd is another public meeting. I don't know if you could supply a few more details on it, but it's also a community and economic development public meeting about the Lakeland Transportation Hub. So there's discussion, and this is new with Florida Department of Transportation, as Liz stated, of having right now our bus terminal, the main bus terminal, uh, FDOT, as well as Citrus, Citrus Connection, our mass transit providers stated that it might not be in the best place. So they're looking at something that will serve as a mass transit hub for all multimodal, for all mass transit, bikes. Uh, they're going to look at alternatives such as the e-scooters and things of that nature. So it's a meeting just to talk about transportation and a transportation hub and what that would look like going into the future. Mm -hmm. And I know it's still early, but Red, White, and Kaboom, <laughs> it's around the corner. Start thinking about it. July 3rd. It's always on July 3rd. Yep. And we have uh, a website for Red, White, and Kaboom. We'll be updating it as soon as we get all the food vendors and all of the information and maps together those will also be put up there but right now it's lakelandgov.net slash rwk and yeah come come to red white and kaboom plan for it there's a watermelon eating contest and the band is called city city saints city saints yes so we look forward to red white and kaboom but we want to thank you for tuning in for access live and you can follow us liz on all of our social media platforms by searching at Lakeland Gov. Uh, yes, on all of them. On all social media platforms. We want to thank Jeff and Emma and our other viewers who have sent in questions. And Jeff, we're going to close with his statement by saying thanks for making Lakeland beautiful. And we thank you for tuning in again. This has been Kevin Cook and Liz Holiday as we say goodbye and thank you for watching our May Access Live.